Welcome to the introductory notes for The Queer Fellow by Brendan Behan. The play is directed by Tom Creed. The set designer is Paula Mahoney. The costume designer is Catherine Fay. The lighting designer is Stephen Dodd. The sound designer and composer is Mel Mercier. And the movement director is Sue Methan. The audio described performance is in the Abbey Theatre on the 20th of January and begins at 2pm. It lasts for approximately two hours plus a 20 minute interval. About the play. To celebrate a century since Brendan Behan's birth, the Abbey Theatre is proud to present a modern take on The Queer Fellow, directed by Tom Creed. To the tune of the Old Triangle, the play centres on the arrival of a condemned murderer to Mountjoy Prison, whose diverse inhabitants offer a darkly comic mirror to life outside its walls. In this exciting new production, the traditionally all-male cast will be played exclusively by female and non-binary actors. Having premiered at the Pike Theatre in 1954, under the direction of Alan Simpson, this modern classic was first produced at the Abbey in 1956 and had its most recent production at the National Theatre in 1984. This new production offers a new generation an opportunity to discover Behan's unique combination of righteous comedy and deep humanity, brought to life by an exciting collection of the country's leading theatre makers, designers and performers. The cast of 15 brilliant performers will perform all of the male characters, continuing Behan's legacy of subversion, of surprising and confronting audiences, while providing an unforgettable evening of entertainment. About the set. In the first half of the play, we find ourselves in the landing of a prison wing in the designer's vision of Mountjoy Prison. It could be placed anywhere between the 1940s and modern day. There are six steel cell doors painted a teal colour set into the back wall, number 21 to our left through to 26 on our right. Fluorescent strips light the doorways the number of the cell stenciled in blood red above the doors. There is a card holder set into each door along with a peephole for the wardens to check the inmates and, of course, a lock on each door. Above the doors, there is a viewing landing with a steel-barred yellow painted fence where officials can study the inmates, although no one appears here. A large neon white sign hangs in front of the fence spelling out SILENCE in capital letters. To the left and right of the landing are high walls that reach out of sight. A metal barred door painted red is set into the left wall. This door in the first act of the play leads to the administrative area of the prison. Between the wall to our left and the cell doors, is an unseen entrance where the young prisoners enter and exit. On the right wall is a barred window. 
From here the prisoners can view the laundry yard of the women's prison. The audience do not ever see these women. The walls of the prison are painted light grey. The floor is also grey. The cells unlit, so when the doors are opened or left ajar, we view shades of dark space. All the action in the first act takes place on the landing outside the cells. At dawn, light pours in from the barred window and door, throwing shadows across the landing, but apart from that, the lighting is naturalistic. In the second act, the cells and viewing areas move smoothly backwards on tracks and are replaced by a towering wall with two floors of barred cell windows set uniformly into it. This wall is set near the back of the stage and now we find ourselves in an open-planned exercise yard lit by daylight. There is a barred door in the middle of the wall over it a neon red cross. The large silent sign hovers above the yard. The red door to our left now becomes the entrance to which prisoners enter the yard and where the queer fellow's unseen cell is. The prisoner, who sings, unseen in the basement punishment cell, is addressed by the screws as if he were in the audience. about the characters and costumes. The cast wear clothes that are cut to give them a male silhouette. All the prisoners wear standard issue uniforms of trousers and jacket that are a strong blue colour with yellow collars. They stand out against the drab grey walls. The newer prisoners have crisp, clean uniforms. The others wear uniforms that are frayed and soiled with age. Younger prisoners mostly wear T-shirts under their uniform shirts. The older prisoners wear shirts under their uniforms. On their feet they wear different levels of broken down boots. The first two prisoners to appear out of their cells are Prisoner A, played by Kate Stanley Brennan, and Prisoner B. Prisoner A sports a quiff and five o'clock shadow his jacket unbuttoned to reveal a slightly dirty white shirt. Grey braces hang loose around his backside. Ava Jane Gaffney plays Prisoner B, who swaggers comfortably about the place with his hands in his pockets. He sports a small moustache, thick eyebrows and slicked back hair. Dunlavin, played by Barbara Brennan, is the next one to appear out of his cell. He is an older prisoner with an arthritic limp, his silver hair short and a little greasy, his face a little ruddy. Underneath a buttoned-up jacket, he wears a dirty old brown and white striped shirt. Gina Moxley plays his neighbour, who appears from his cell using a crutch. He hobbles about the place as quick as he can. Neighbour also has mostly silver hair, but a little more kempt than Dunlavin's. Taylor McLean plays an inmate named Scholera, a lively young one wearing a tan and white striped t-shirt with his jacket tied around his waist. He has ginger red hair and in the first half of the play can be found pushing a large sweeping brush across the floor, 
towards the window where the women can be seen. Taylor also plays Warder too. Ebio Tul Akiempong plays Shebo, who is another young inmate with a sweeping brush. Shebo has black hair fashioned in thick braids that rest just above his shoulders. He wears a white t-shirt with grey braces and his jacket tied around his waist. Ebi also plays Warder Crimin. Rebecca O'Mara plays Lifer, a small, frail-looking man who has just begun his sentence. Lifer emerges in a freshly pressed inmate's uniform. His brown hair lanky, his eyebrows comically drawn to give the appearance of a man in a constant state of shell shock. Rebecca also plays Governor in the second act, appearing in a black tuxedo jacket and trousers with a bow tie and crisp white shirt. Governor oozes confidence, no sign of shell shock. Ashling O'Mara plays the other fellow, who is the last inmate to be introduced in the first act. Unlike the others, the other fellow begins wearing civilian clothes of dark brown trousers, blue shirt with a burgundy silk scarf, with a black three-quarter length leather jacket buttoned up and tied around his waist, with a belt and brown leather shoes. His dark hair is a little longer than most inmates and he sports a tiny moustache. The other fellow speaks with a Dublin 4 accent. Ashling also plays Cook, who is another inmate, and English voice. Marion O'Dryer plays Healy from the Department of Justice, the last person to appear in the first act. Healy wears a drab brown suit and tie with a white shirt and brown shoes. On his jacket lapel is a Legion of Mary pin. He carries a brown leather briefcase and a beer belly. Marion wears a mousy brown comb-over wig to complete this outfit. She also plays Chief Warder. There are five wardens in all. Some I have already mentioned. Warder Regan is played by Claire Barrett. Warder Donnelly is played by Amy Conroy. All the wardens wear dark blue uniforms of slacks and jacket with silver buttons. Their jackets have pockets for their notebooks and cigarettes. A silver-coloured whistle held in a chain placed in their breast pockets ready to use quickly when needed. They wear polished black boots, some more worn than others, and peaked caps with a silver hat badge emboldened with the Irish harp. Around their waists, thick black leather belts that hold a big bunch of keys on a ring and a holster that holds a wooden baton. All the warders have silver wristwatches. The chief warder's uniform differs slightly. The peak of his cap has fancy silver braid around the edges and his jacket sleeves have stripes awarded to him. In the second act, we are introduced to the hangman played by Wren Dennehy. The hangman appears full of bluster. His long dark hair hangs loosely. He wears a black textured suit and a dicky bow that is frayed and droops down. 
The outfit is completed with red braces over his white shirt. Ren Dennehy also plays Mixer, one of the inmates. Ema Dunin plays Jenkinson, the hangman's assistant, as well as prisoner E. Jenkinson is a sombre-looking fellow wearing a brown buttoned-up suit with brown brogues. Chloe O'Reilly plays prisoner C, a young one from one of the islands. He sports a check shirt under his prison uniform, his short brown hair fashioned in a bowl cut. Camille Lucy Ross plays Prisoner D, a man who ends up in prison for tax fraud of some sort, who has an accent to match. Prisoner D has mousy brown hair with a bit of a comb over and a fluffy moustache. Voice of Prisoner in Solitary is played by Raddy Pete. That concludes the programme notes for the audio-described performance of The Queer Fellow. The notes were prepared by Mo Hart, who will be audio-describing the performance. Audio description at the Abbey Theatre is provided by Arts and Disability Ireland, with support from the Arts Council. For updates about audio described and captioned performances, text Access Arts to 51444 or head to www.adiarts.ie for more information. Thank you. Gurra Mahagaf.